Galatians 5. We want to begin a new series. So good to see everybody out. Wednesday night Bible study. You need to study your Bible. Amen? Ignorance kills, and it certainly kills in the spiritual realm. So study the Word of God. Galatians 5, and we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, those are the virtues and the traits and the expressions, the characteristics the Holy Spirit in us should be producing now that we're following the Lord. These are the characteristics that the Lord wants to see in our lives. Um, so if you would, Galatians, that fifth chapter, and let's just kind of note a few things here. Start all the way at verse 16, if you would. Start at verse 16, and let's just, we're going to take our time like we always do. And so there are nine different parts of this message, and we'll take a few weeks on each. But notice what verse 16, Galatians 5 says. So I say, live by the Spirit, or walk in the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. I'm talking to Christians, okay? He's addressing Christians. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they're in conflict. They're in opposition with each other. So you do not do what you want. So he's writing to who? To Christians. And so now that we've been born again, yet there's still that old nature in there. Anybody still got their old nature? Sure you do. That Bible just said you do. And so, but you're born again, aren't you? Are you saved? Are you born again? So you've got a new nature, don't you? And so there's this conflict that's going on inside. It'll always go on inside. Now, the earlier you get saved and grow in faith, there's less of that carnal nature that gets rooted and messed up in your brain and in your thinking and strongholds, etc., etc. So it's easier the sooner you get in on this thing, you don't develop a lot of bad things that you have to overcome. But regardless of what, you could have walked it all your life and been saved from the time you were three. Everyone has a fallen nature. And so to one extent, there's always that. And there's that conflict. And the conflict is going to typically be by the one um, that you feed the most. <laughs> If you're going to feed your flesh, your flesh is going to win. Amen? If you're going to feed your spirit and starve that flesh, guess what? Your spirit can win. Well, I want us to notice that here. They're in conflict with one another. So that we don't do what... There's this, there's this thing going on inside me. And now again, if you look at verse um, 19 through 21, there's some of the deeds of the flesh. And we don't have to spend time on these. It starts out with some pretty ugly sins. But boy, I tell you what, in the middle of it, you see some of those things right in the church. Isn't that right? They're deeds of the flesh. I've seen some people try to sanctify them. You can't sanctify deeds of the flesh. You've got to crucify deeds of the flesh. Isn't that right? I mean, look right there in the middle. Things like uh, um, hatred and discord and jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Woo! He's talking to church people, isn't he? Yeah, well, we won't go on those right now because we want to get to the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit. What God is looking for in our lives. What the Holy Spirit desires to express through our lives is, number one, love. Number two, there's joy. There's peace. There's patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified that sinful nature 
with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Let's talk about this for a little while. The fruit of the Spirit. Again, we're talking about the characteristics of the Spirit through our lives. Godly attitudes that lead to godly actions that characterize the lives of those that belong to God. Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. This is um, those that have possession of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Spirit produces. It's like the expression of a tree. The inner life of that tree just flows. You don't see it. It just comes from within and just flows about. And you see the fruit, the orange, the apple, whatever it might be. So again, this is the Holy Spirit producing fruit characteristics in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit in this um, picturesque manner, this identifies the work of God's Spirit in reproducing the virtues of Jesus through our lives, in our lives, in the life of every believer, the characteristics of the believer. Again, the natural product, the natural product, when we walk with God and we abide in that vine and we feed on the Word, we don't have to grunt and groan to produce these things. You ever see that that orange tree grunting and growing and see him building up a sweat to produce that orange? It just flows natural, doesn't it? Unless it's dead. Unless the lifeline's been severed. Unless for some reason the roots are cut off. But again, this is the natural product of the Spirit. Made possible by a living relationship between the Christian and God. Abiding in that vine. Amen? No longer I that live it, but Christ lives in me. It's that life that flows. So the first one we're going to start out with, the first one we want to look at is love. Verse 22, the very first one is love. And now, the word love that we're dealing with here is the word agape. And that's the God type of love. In the New Testament, in the Greek, there's a handful of words for love. This happens to be the word that describes God. This is agape love. There's words for brotherly love, Philadelphia, phileo, brotherly love, the love you'd have for a sibling. Amen. They're their storgy. That's the affectionate love you'd have as a parent would have for their child. Of course, not in the New Testament, but in our classical Greek, eros, where do you get the marriage love and sexual love? But this love is the word agape. And this is the word that is identified with God, the characteristics of God. This is a selfless love. This is a love that's not just an emotional thing, that is, looks for nothing in return. Again, this is the, the caring for and the seeking the highest good of another. This is a person that loves without the motive of personal gain. This is the love that is an act of our will and is a choice that we make. I'll never forget years and years ago. I'm, I'm thinking of this because I was just listening to an old Brooklyn Tabernacle um, CD before I came over. And I, I believe it was one of their singers. I, so I don't want to mention them. Because I'm not, but I believe it was one of their singers. That it's a miracle how they came together, how they had been separated for, um, for some months, maybe six, seven months they have been separated. And how God would work it. They both showed up at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. I hadn't seen each other in six months. At the, same ser- at the same day in different services. They had, back in those, they had like three morning services, a night service, because they couldn't pack all the people in, in, into the building. And so on that next Monday or Tuesday, when the pastors would call up the visitors, one of the pastors called up the lady and said, Hey, by the way, are you any relation or do you know so-and-so? And she got real quiet on the phone. She said, Yeah, that's a, you know, my something-something husband. <laughs> Haven't seen him in six months. Well, you know... Your prayers must be answered, sister. But you know, he was in the earlier service that same day. He was in church. I don't believe it. 
well, long story short, obviously they, they both came back to God and, they, and the man went for counseling. And the pastor's word to the man was, I want you to go home and love your wife. He says, I don't love her. I didn't ask you to go home and, and, and feel like you love her. I just go home and love her. God's type of love is the love of the will. It's a love that makes a choice. It's not a love of the feeling and the emotion. Oh, I love you, but you got something I want. It's totally the choice we make. I choose to love you. I choose. For God so loved the world that he gave. He chose to love those that were lost and in rebellion. And many of them even rejected that great expression. But God made a choice. It was, this is the agape love. Again, one of several Greek words for love. Agape love is a choice of our obedience. Referring not to emotional affection, not to physical attraction, not even to a family bond, but this is a love of the will that leads to a willing self-giving, a service, and a self-sacrificing. Agape love, love Loves regardless of feelings or if the other person is even deserving or worthy of being loved. God loved us and we weren't even worthy. Dead in our sins. That's this is the God type of love. This is what we're called to walk in. Again, hence, this kind of love can be commanded, and it is commanded, because it's not so much a feeling, it's an act of our will. Proven and demonstrated by what we do and how we treat others. So again, this will, let's don't mark this down. This type of love is not self-seeking. If you would, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, let's take a look there. That great love chapter, amen? Hallelujah, glory to God, praise the Lord. Isn't God good to us? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Very fr- and that's the, that's the chief of them all, is love. Amen? That's the chiefest sign that you're saved. That's the chiefest expression that you're a new creature in Christ. God is love, and if we've been born of God, there ought to be love flowing. Amen? And here's the good part. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but the Bible says His love's been poured out on our hearts. So everything we read, you can walk in it. Everything. If you're saved, you can walk in it. Or God's a liar. Is God a liar? So I can walk if I choose to. I can walk in this. First thing you got to do, see everything, you got to believe what you just read. That the fruit of the Spirit is. You got the Spirit? Then the potential to walk in that's all there. Amen? That you can do it. If you'll work with God and you'll give the will, He'll give the, he'll give the substance. Now look at that. 1 Corinthians 13. And look, if you would, look at verses 4. We'll start out with verses 4 through 8. Describing this God love. This is the God love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not self-seeking. This is the God type of love. Not self-seeking. I forget who I was talking to the other day. It might have, might have been Brother Sam. We were chatting. And we're just talking about, you know, doing things, you know, just because it's the right thing to do. Not because the people are necessarily worthy of it or, you know, not, they're not, you know. But then we, I looked and said, hey, but how many did Jesus heal? And they just, you know, 
They just went their own, they went their own way afterwards. How many did he heal? And they said, crucify him anyway. So, so the love of God even reaches out to the unlovely and the unworthy and the unmerited. The love of God, the love of God. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. If you're easily angered, you need a fresh portion of the love of God. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And jump over to verse 13. Jump over to verse 13. And Paul, that triad, that triad of of characteristics. Now, these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love, is love. Again, let me read love. The Greek for this word includes a selfless concern. A selfless concern for the welfare of others that is not called forth by any quality of lovableness in the person loved, but is the product of a will to love and obedience to God's command. It is like Christ's love manifested for us on the cross. It's not self-seeking. Go to Luke's Gospel, the sixth chapter. 35, I might jump above it and below it, but now here's the words of Jesus. He's calling us. You know, Jesus was radical. When's the last time you read the Beatitudes? Woo-wee! I mean, I'm telling you, you think Jesus didn't have to get loud to preach strong. I mean, he just, he just brought it out. He said, you look at someone the way you're not supposed to look. It's like, I mean, he, he, he just went at it. I mean, Jesus, he didn't scream, didn't have to hit the pulpit, but the word, if you read the words that he said, they make you run to an altar and say, God, make me a new creature. I need a new spirit. Amen. But that old guy, he certainly didn't match up to any of it. Isn't that right? Yeah. Now look at this. Luke, Luke, Luke 6. Luke 6. And oh boy. Jump up to verse 32. You got your Bibles. Jump up to verse 32. This is all in red. So Jesus is talking here. And again, this is the love he wants us to walk in. It's, it's easy to love. The brother, it's easy to love. The child, easy to love. He's talking to move us into God's love. We're God's people. He wants us to move. In. we got God's spirit. He wants us to move. Now look at this, verse 32. Jesus says, now if, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? He says, big deal. Pretty much what he said. Amen? But he goes, he says, even sinners love those who love them. So that's not so big if we just love those who love us, right? It's not hard to love your kids. It's not hard. That's Jesus said, well, you want to pat on the back for that? That's about as easy as it gets. No, 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 that's not. But, and if you do good to those that are good to you, what credit is that of yours? Hmm. Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. You know, later on in our study, when we go to 1 John, it's going to say, if you don't love your brother, you might not be saved. One of the signs of true Christianity is loving the brethren. It's one of the signs. We make the signs a lot of outward things, don't we? We make the signs a lot of, but by God, we get to the God signs. But here he is. But love your enemies and do good to them. How many knows that that rubs against that old nature? Big time. Isn't it right? Isn't that true? 
It rubs against mine. Isn't that right? It's our say amen. I mean, we're, everyone eats. We all eat out of the same thing. Amen. All right. All made out of the same stuff. So let's just say here, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. This world going to use you. If you if you cannot handle being used, you can't be used of God too much. Nobody's used more than Jesus. He fed them. He healed them. They turned on them. They, they, isn't that right? Even today, the world uses them all the time. You know that. They get in a jam. They want to get spiritual. And a lot of times in God's mercy, he reigns on the just and the un. He's just good. He's faithful. Isn't that true? And they use them. They, 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 they ignore them. And so if, if, you, if you want to walk like Jesus walked, get ready to get used. Amen? If you can't handle having people just, just take you for granted, then you can't be like Jesus. Because they take him for granted every day. Every day. Amen? How many, they got breath to breathe today because of Jesus and they won't give him a second. They're sane today because of Jesus and they won't give him. All right, here we go. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Wow. So you love our enemies. So he's calling us to love our enemies. How much more, my brother? Amen. How much more? All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, what we're so what we're getting at here is treating others like God in Jesus Christ has treated us. First John three, fourteen and sixteen. First John three, fourteen and sixteen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why we've got to walk in the spirit. You see, that's why you got to stay in prayer. You got to keep that word of God in your remember. Remember, fruit is not manufactured. It's cultivated. Right. And if you're going to cultivate something, you got to water that thing. Isn't that true? If you're going to cultivate something, the soil's got to be healthy. That's why you sometimes put that fertilizer to help that. So is that right? Are you with me? Sometimes there's got to be pruning but you're cultivating it. You know, you can't you can't take the light out of the equation or that thing dies. You can't withhold water forever or that thing dies. And so, so the fruit of the spirit. See, the gifts confuse us because the gifts are a whole other animal. Amen. And sometimes God flows through someone you're wondering what in the world. And, but but the fruit is a different thing. It's the it's the virtues, it's the characteristics, it's the attributes. This comes from abiding the vine. This is the Holy Spirit expressing the Spirit of Jesus through us and the attitudes. Oh Lord, we know that we have passed from death to life as we love our brothers. Ooh. One of the signs of truly being born again. I love the brethren. How can you be born of God and God is love and not love? Right? Anyone who does not love remains in death. This is serious stuff. Verse 16. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Oh, this is challenging, isn't it? This will keep you at the altar, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that flesh comes out. And the flesh wants to justify itself. Isn't that right? That that flesh will make all sorts of excuses for for cruddy behavior. What's that next one we got there? Uh, uh, First uh, first John 4. Oh, yeah, 8 through 10. Look at this one. First John 4. First John 4. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is Love. Wow. This is the chief of the characteristics. 
love. The greatest of these is love. That greatest commandment, love the Lord thy God. Love thy neighbor. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son in atoning sacrifice for our sins. This love is a selfless love. It's a sacrificing love. It's a love of the will and of the choice. Jesus chose to go to that cross. The expression of that love wasn't merely just verbiage, right? It was an action and it was in deed and it was in sacrifice. That's the love of God. Oh, the love of God, the love of God. 1 John 13, 34 and 35. 1 John 13, 34 and 35. Again, we're, this is this type of love. We're going to treat others like God has treated us. This is Jesus now. He says, a new command I give you. And so underline that. And we're going to get to a lot of this later. because we're going to spend a few weeks on just on love. A new command. If he commands it, we can do it. If we're saved. Because he's not going to command what we can't do. That wouldn't be fair, would it? That don't make sense, right? If Jesus commands it, then we can walk in it. Because he gives us more. We say this all the time, but we've got to believe this. He does more than gives us the, the pattern without. He gives us the power within. Anything you read in the Bible, if it's in that Bible, you ought to do a cartwheel. That means you can walk in it. You can have it. You can have it all. Amen? If it's in that book. All things pertaining to life and God. Now, my flesh, no, my flesh don't like to die. Does yours? Diet. Some of you just grieved. I mean, you just fasting. All of a sudden, everyone just smiles all left your face. I mean, anytime we mention something that, that makes this flesh be denied, we don't like it, do we? Anybody like saying, I'm sorry? I don't. Real hard to get the words out sometimes. Isn't that right? You know, if this wouldn't have happened, the stars wouldn't have lined up and that person that and, and we wouldn't have done this and they would have got that and, and the stock market would have and if Putin wasn't over there. If that would have, we say, we, we, we talk for half an hour instead of I'm sorry. I blew it. I was unkind. That was uncalled for. I mean, my flesh. This flesh, talk about float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That flesh will do anything it can. Not to be called into again, right? I'll blame you. I'll, I'll blame Mother Teresa. I mean, we just do anything. <laughs> but Jesus said, a new command I give you. Love one another. It might not always agree, but love one another. It might not always be easy, but love one another. How are we going to do that? As I have loved you. So you must Love one another. And look at that next verse. How did he love us? Man, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. How he loved us? He died for us. He sacrificed for us. So, you know, we're not gonna, you know, necessarily going to die for someone. But, you know, I've got to die to me for someone. I, I've got to sacrifice to serve. I've got to die to myself to be kind to you. If I'm going to love someone, I, I, this old Joe's got to go down. If I'm really going to love you the way I'm supposed to. By this will all men know that you're my disciples. Can you go back to verse 34? Let me just look at that one more time. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. He loved us willingly. He loved us lovingly. He lived us, loved us sacrificially. Look at how Jesus loved us. Amen. He loved us when we had no merit for love. He chose it. And he gave us all 
in that love? He says, love like that. Now, if that don't keep you at the altar, nothing will. Amen? All right, all right, all right. Now, as we begin, let's just give you, let me give you an, um, an overview summary as we walk, as we walk in love. All right. It is appropriate that love, the word agape for love, should head the list of the Spirit's fruit. For we just said God is love. Amen? And therefore, Paul writes, the greatest of these, of all these characteristics, is love. Now, in the biblical text, it's the association with this Greek word agape with God that gives this word its distinctive character. The divine love. The divine love. For example, God's love is an unmerited love. Unmerited love. Romans 5 and 8. Romans 5 and 8. Unmerited love. We're talking about this divine love that we're supposed to be walking in. So this is God's type of love. This is the love He wants His children to walk in. Number one, it's unmerited love. It's undeserved. It's all grace. He chose to love. Here it is. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, He dies for us. Not when I was even trying to please Him. Not when I was already a son and I was striving to obey Him. When I was at my worst, God loved me. And He didn't just say He loved me. He sent His Son to die for me. That's amazing love. That's unmerited love. The love of God. Others aren't worthy of this love, but we love Him anyhow. Isn't that wonderful? That's how God loved us. Unmerited. Divine love is unmerited love. Divine love is great love. Great love. Go to Ephesians um, 4, or Ephesians 2, and look at start with verse 1, because I, wanna, I want you to get the context. Because once we get to this verse, the context of it should move us. Again, we're going to read here how you and I deserved judgment, yet He chose to make a way that we could be reconciled and forgiven. And He was certainly in His right to say enough, but He chose to make a way for us to be reconciled. And it was costly. And it was his choice. All right. Um, Ephesians 2. And we'll start with verse 1. We're going to really get... Verse 4 is going to be our main verse. But I want you to get the context so you can really appreciate it. As for you... Hey, put your name in there. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. We don't live that way anymore, do we? That's the way we used to live. We're saved now. We live in different. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Hey, we found out this world not our home. Amen. And we're, we're following the ways of the Lord now. Though we're here, but we don't belong here. All right. You follow the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those that are disobedient. They got spirit too. All of us also lived among them at one time. We're all out there. Everybody's guilty. Isn't that right? I don't want, we're all... It says, every one of us gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, following its desires. The Bible says, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Guilty, condemned, unworthy. And God didn't need us. Not like God, not like God needed anyone. But verse 4, but God. Wow, but God. But because of His great love. You see that description of how people are? But yet God has great love. And that great love chose them when they weren't worthy of anything. They were objects of wrath. 
They were rebelling. They wanted nothing to do with God. They ignored the law of God. Yet God's great love chooses them and reaches out to them. Verse 4, because of his great love. God's love is a great love. God's love is an awesome love. God's love is a powerful love. God's love, again, looks beyond faults and it's all the needs and it chooses to love, even the unlovely. But because of his great love for us, for us, for you, God has a great love for you. God who is rich in mercy. I like that. Rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ. He woke us up. Remember when he woke you up? Remember once it finally started to make sense? Do you remember finally the eyes started to open? you remember finally one time, whoa, before it seemed so foolish, before it seemed so, but now oh my, there's an attraction. Now, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead, we were dead in transgressions. This is by grace you have been saved. God's love, this divine love that we're talking about, it's an unmerited love. It's a great love. I love that. It's a great love. It's a great love. Oh, hallelujah. It's a transforming love. Romans 5 and 5. It's a transforming love. When you truly get born again, this love changes you. When this love comes into your heart, you're a new person. Isn't that right? I mean, you, you'll see, you'll walk out of situations and say, my goodness, God must have been real in my life because two years ago I would have cracked that per- so fast. And, but it wasn't in there no more. Something happened. Isn't that right? You caught yourself doing things and you're saying, that's not me. Oh, it wasn't you, but now it is you. But now you got the Spirit. Go ahead, Romans 5 and 5. Romans 5 and 5. Because the love of God is a transforming love. Hope does not disappoint because God has. God has. This is something that was done the moment you got saved. God has poured out His love into our hearts. Where's that love? In our hearts. Whew! That's a transforming love. Amen. When that love comes into your heart, all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, you see things different and you respond differently. It's a transforming love. God didn't keep his love. He poured it in our hearts. Amen. God is love. And if we're sons of God and we've been born of God, we receive the love of God. He has poured out. And that word poured out means he lavishly to an overflowing measure poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Transforming love. Man, that love of God gets in you. Woo. Love changes a person. And this is a love that you and I possess as a believer. Now, this is why this is very encouraging when we read that scripture. You mark that scripture down because, again, this, is to, uh, this uh, um, um, encourages us. Because now, regardless of what I face, I can remind myself, I have the love of God. I possess the love of God. I've been born of God. I have, the Bible says, He's poured out His love into my heart. So you might be ugly to me, and you might be mean to me, but I can choose to love you. It's up to me. It's not up to you. You can dog me. You can do what you want, but it's up to me how I respond to you. And I possess the love of God. I have the ability to love even the, I can love like God loved. Because I have that same spirit in me to enable me if I choose to. Whoo! Come on, say amen. I, I can forgive them. They might, they're not deserving of forgiveness. But I, I, I don't have to go down to their level. I, I'm walking in the love of God. Amen? If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, then I, that I can walk different than a normal person. Isn't that right? Now, now notice, remember, we said in the same vessel, we read some ugly things earlier. I didn't even read them all. They're so ugly. 
in your devotional time, read those ugly things. Because some of those old things are out in here, see. But the more you deny them and crucify them and no longer feed them, you don't stimulate them. They don't have control and the things of the Spirit have that control. Isn't that right? When you try to starve that flesh, you don't want to be baking chocolate chip tall house cookies all night. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to wake up that you try to kill that thing. Isn't that right? We're trying to, I want to, I want to get on that scale the next day. I see the doctor. I got a doctor's appointment next day. Amen. I don't want him to ball me out. I don't want to be a good boy. So I, I gotta, I gotta hold it back. Isn't that right? He's doing blood work. No sugar for a day and a half. You know, I gotta, I gotta get all these, they gotta, they gotta look good. I, I, want, I don't want the doctor getting on me. You learn to starve that thing. Hallelujah. Transforming love. My goodness. Does it get any better than this? It does. This love is an unchanging love. In a world that is constantly changing, in a world where loyalty sometimes is hard to find, the love of God is loyal. Go to Romans, the next one. Yeah, those next ones. Yeah, Romans 8. There we go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This love's unchanging, man. This love's something else, isn't it right? What a great source of comfort, solace, and strength. The loyalty of God's love. Friend, this is a love you can depend on. Who can separate us from the love of God? Now listen, you know, we're not in la-la land here. We're reality, right? We're going to go through some things. I mean, not that we have to say that, but we all experience it. Shall trouble or hardship persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. We go through things in this life. It's a fallen world. But you know what? That won't change God's love. He still loves us. That love is still with us. That love is still in us. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all the days long. We're considered as sheep for the slaughter. Woe is me, it's a hard old way. No, 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 not at all. In fact, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. In fact, all those things that we just read, they don't mean that God's unfaithful, because in the midst of those things, God is very faithful, and His love is unchanging, and His love is everlasting, and His love keeps us. Hey, who can separate? Those things can't separate us from the love of God. People can walk out on you, but the love of God remains. People can fire you, but the love of God remains. All these things, people can be ugly. The love of God remains. For I'm convinced. you got to be convinced. Are you convinced? I'm convinced that death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither present nor future nor any powers. I'm convinced height or death, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. Go ahead and put your name in there. From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Ah, you can be secure in the love of God. And that's how He wants our love. You know, loyalty. Loyalty used to be something we, we praised. Not so much anymore, is it? When we walk in the love of God, we, our love is a loyal love. Thick and, thick and thin. Our love. Isn't that right? Through all those things, the love of God. If His love abides, our love should abide. Because we're trying to, that's the fruit of the Spirit. The God love. I'm not going to run out on you when the going gets tough. I'm not going to start bad-mouthing you when everyone else is. I'm going to stick with you. Isn't that right? Through the years, I've taken my shots because I'd stick with people. 
Hey, they're my friend. I stick with them. You know what I mean? You know, even preachers, you'd be amazed how political some of these preachers are. They just sway whatever. I, I stand where I stand. You know, right? I don't care if it's the Pope, brother. I stand with my friends. Isn't that right? If they do wrong, I'll tell them they do wrong, but I stand with a friend. You know, all I'm telling you, the love of God's a loyal love. And we go through different things, but God's love is a loyal love. Amen? And that same thing, we love to praise God because of that loyal love. Well, the fruit of the Spirit, we are to express and demonstrate a loyal love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is this love that sent Christ to die for sinful men. It is this love that perseveres with men in spite of their willfulness and and their love of sin. And now because the Spirit of Christ is living within the Christian, the believer is to show love both to other Christians and to the world. By this are men to know that Christians are indeed Christ's disciples. All right, let's start out. Let's go. Can you give me my next? We've only got two blanks here. Can you go to that next um, box where it gives us our outline? Hallelujah. This is what we're going to be getting at in the next few weeks. We're going to start talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The first one is love. And these are our thoughts. Love is the primary virtue. Love is the pri- The greatest of these is... All right. Primary virtue. It's also the priority commandment. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love. The Lord thy God, love thy neighbor as us love. A new command I give to you. Jesus said, I've given you a command. Love your brother, right? As I loved you, you love. So the primary virtue, the priority commandment, the proof of sonship. Woo! The proof of sonship. Wow. And the product of God's Spirit in our will. Remember we just read the love of God has been poured out in my heart? So I have the love of God. I possess the love of God. Now, if I choose to use it, that old nature screaming, because that old nature wants to tell you off. That old nature wants to get the last word in. That old nature says, you pay for it. The love of God said, Jesus paid for it. I can walk. This is something, isn't it? You know, we look at some of these these um, topics as wimpy. And then you start studying the Bible. Very challenging. Very challenging. Isn't that right? Yeah, very, very challenging. I used to hear when I was growing up, you know, as a young guy, I, you know, like most, I want to see the power of God and the gifts. And I've got a long, long teaching on the gifts. I just never saw fit to teach it here in all these years, but I've taught it everywhere else. Um, and, you know, and, but you always see these people, we ought to do more on the fruit of the Spirit. And they always sound like kind of the wimpy group. You know what I'm saying? When I was, when I was younger. Amen? And then I started digging into some of this. I said, yeah, they, they, they want the fruit of the Spirit. They don't know what they're asking for. But when you start studying this, that, that'll crucify that old nature. Isn't that right? Just remember, we've got a conflict going on inside, don't we? The Spirit of the Lord says, forgive them like Jesus forgave you. Give them another chance like you were given another chance. But that flesh says, you know what? You know? No? Or some of you who got any passive aggressors out there, you, you wouldn't do that. You're just going to show it another way. But it's all the same junk. 
You know what I mean? Some of the Latins, we would just give it to them straight. Isn't that right? Boom. And then we'll justify it. Well, glory to God. It was the truth. And you got to hear the truth. And that's the truth. Some of the other ones, maybe the Scandinavians, they won't be quite as blunt. as But they do it. Bless your heart. But they're still sticking a knife in your back when they get home. Come on, say amen. All right, let's get down here. Come on. It's the fruit of the Spirit. We're going we're gonna to grow to be like Jesus. We've got to be real somewhere. Isn't that right? And it's easy for one to point at one. It's easy for one to they're rough and they're this and the but they hey that knife hurts just as bad if you sneaking it in or if you just giving it loud and clear. In that flesh, and that flesh is gonna justify everything. Woo. <laughs> oh Lord. Primary virtue, priority command, proof of sonship, and a product of God's spirit and our will. And our will. You know, I'm going to close with this. But you know, Galatians 5 and 6 says that the only thing that really matters is faith expressing itself through love. Why don't you put that up there if you don't mind? Galatians 5 and 6. I didn't give you that verse, but I'm jumping ahead about four weeks. But, you know, we always hear you walk by faith. Well, the Bible says, you know what? faith got to work by love. It's hard to really walk in faith if you're not walking in love. Love affects faith. Love energizes faith. If you talk to any of the men, so many of them are with the Lord now, but if you study or you have the privilege of talking to many of the men that God used in divine healing in supernatural ways, typically they are the most compassionate men you'll ever find. They weep for people. They weep more for those that didn't get it than shout for those that get it. Because faith works through love. And they have a great, like Jesus, a great compassion. You know, you think, oh, Robert, some of the older generation, you know that name. Well, he spent how many, six months, how many months in a bed dying of tuberculosis? So when God raised him up, he had great compassion for the suffering. Because he had suffered. Amen? You see other people like Brother Hagin and that same thing. Wasn't supposed to live. Brother Sumrall, they weren't supposed to live as children. They had, de- you know, back in those days, the 20s and 30s, they didn't have medicine like today. Their doctors had given up on them. And they spent months and months in their bed as children, sick with heart, to sick with all. And God healed them. And they went out to the world weeping because they had a compassion. They had great faith, but that faith was being moved by love. See, Brother Shambach just weeped for people. Have a hatred for that devil. And just a love for people. And that moved that faith. That moved him to stir up his faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Wow. You're not going to separate those two. Some people want faith, faith, faith. Well, if you don't have love, 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 there's going to be a disconnect somewhere. See what I'm getting at? Because they flow together. Glory to God. I better go. Because I go on for another week. I love this. I love the Word of God. I love the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? This is what God wants us to walk in. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that we can walk in these characteristics and these virtues and these graces. Not out of our own energies, not out of our own, merely our own efforts, but because Your Holy Spirit is in us. Because through Jesus Christ, we have been born from above and we are new creatures. And we can walk in love. Help us, Father, 
to deny and crucify that, that, the old man, the one that tries to trip us up and keep us down. And help us, Lord, to stay filled with the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to feed on the good nutrients of Your Word. Help us, Lord, to stay connected, abiding in that vine, so that the Holy Spirit can really just flow through us and we can express the characteristics of Christ. Now, Father, bless Your dear ones. Give them a great week. Help each one of us to grow in our Christ-likeness. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you on Sunday.